Well, we're going to talk uh, Māori sport now, uh, Ironman specifically, because uh, we've got uh, a Southlander who this weekend is bound for Hawaii in just a couple of weeks out from uh, competing at uh, Kona in the in the uh, world's most uh, or the sport's most glamorous world uh, event. Uh, Pete Wilkinson is uh, with us, mate. Uh, I tell you what, I shake my head at just the mere thought of of what you're go- uh, what you already have put yourself through to to get there, and then what you've got in front of you with the uh, Hawaii Ironman. It's uh, is it becoming very real now, mate? That uh, that you're heading over there. Yeah. G'day, Nick. Um... It, it, it hasn't been real for a long time, um, but there's only one more sleep, so I'm, I'm <laughs> heading away Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, and in the past, when I've been training to try and qualify for the Worlds, um, I haven't qualified, and training goes on as normal. So at the moment, it just feels like training is normal to try for the next event. So I know I'm going. Um, I'll be finishing packing tonight, and um, yeah, it'll be very real. I think when I when I head away to the airport tomorrow morning, and even more when I when I land in Honolulu um, about 24 hours later. Yeah, so, you, so you're getting over there and going to spend a couple of weeks, obviously, uh, you know, building up to the event. Uh, October the 13th is the, is the, is the big day. Um, I mean, give us an idea uh, about how, how you go through the qualification point of view, because you sort of had to do it the long way around, I think, did you? Yeah. Um, well, I did my first Ironman back in 2009, um, and, and that was, um, you know, just, just an event that I had my eye on when my brother got me interested in that sort of thing. Um, I did it in honour of my father who had passed away the year before who never got to see me do one um, and then after that I put it on the back burner and said I'd never go back and unfortunately my wife bet me $100 that I would go back before anything significant and four years later I had to transfer some money into her bank account because I entered again <laughs> with the goal of trying to qualify for Kona Yeah. Um, every every full distance Ironman event uh, in the world um has qualification spots for Ironman, and it depends on your age group how many spots you have, and that's all related to how many people enter. So, uh, for example, Ironman New Zealand uh, in Topol has got um, uh, 40 spots uh, generally, and and in my age group, um, I'm in the 45 to 49 age group, and the one below me, the, the 40 to 44, they generally have the most spots, which is around four or five spots. Yep. Um, over the years, I've, I've been... Um, Sort of in the top 20, and over the years slowly got better. This year, um, my ninth Ironman, um, I got uh, seventh, and I missed out uh, by one by one position, which in the wash-up was about two minutes 40. I missed out on my on my mm-hmm. spot. So my coach uh, Pete Lever, um, based in Brisbane, he he said, "How about you think about coming over to um, Cairns in June?" Um, it was in March when I did um, Topo race, and so I went over to Cairns in June, and um, and that was the Asia Pacific Championships, and there was a double allocation, so much more competition, um, but twice as many spots. So my age group had 12 spots, um, and I raced even better than I did um, in Ironman New Zealand. And um, uh, in Ironman New Zealand, I took um, a few minutes off my personal best and went under 10 hours for the first time. And over in Cairns, I, I took another 11 minutes off my best time and, and, and rolled home in ninth place um, after the run. So it was. It was, a, it was a great feeling to finally get it together. And, and we didn't know until the next day where you have the meeting for the qualification exactly how many spots you've got, but we'd guessed there'd be maybe close to 10. Yeah. So I, was, I was had my fingers crossed. I wasn't confident at all. But, um, yeah, when you're at the at the qualification meeting and they announce your age group and they announce the number of spots, then it's... Um, then all of a sudden it got very exciting. Then you know, yeah, gotcha, isn't it? Uh, that's yeah. really interesting. So, so um, I mean, do, how do you prepare for one of these things? This is what I, I mean, I like, I, 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 I'm in awe really when you when you one talk about this, just the numbers that are involved and the distances involved in the in mm. the disciplines on the event. But, but 
the amount of work that goes in beforehand when no one's watching, you know, that's the that's the piece that uh, that that I just you know I, I'm, I'm in awe of too, you know. So, so give us an idea about what a normal week looks like for you. Um, I suppose you're starting to taper down for the event now, but but in terms of when you're in full flight, what, what sort of hours are you having to put into this thing? Yeah, um, well, it's 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 quite strange because it's, it's been a big journey. My first time, and I'm I've uh, I'm I'm a teacher at Menzies College, and I'm phys ed trained. I have a degree in physical education. Um, so my first Ironman, I just trained myself based on the you know the knowledge that I had, which it's always changing. Um, and then when I came back to it, I I, um, I got coaching advice. I thought if I want to do better, I need the support from people who know what they're doing. So yep. um, I, I I got swim coaching with um, uh, at um, Splash Palace um, through H2O Dreams through Jeremy Duncan's group initially. Um, and then eventually I found my current coach um, after a couple of years, and I've been with him for, oh, I don't know, five, six, seven years now um, with my current coach. Um, and the key for him is consistency. Um, so we don't change too much um, in terms of in terms of what we're doing each week. Um, the, the pattern of what we're training is, is exactly the same, and, and the intensity and the and the, and the and the length of training changes on depending on how we're building up or how he's. I think he calls it periodization. How he how he schedules my training in from month to month and leading up to events. So generally, every week I'm I'm swimming three times a week on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, I'm usually cycling on a on a Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. I'm running on a Wednesday, Friday, um, a short run on Saturday after my bike ride, and then a long run on a Sunday. So the first thing people ask um, say to me when they hear that is they say, well, there's no rest days. Um, and my coach, and I trust my coach inherently, and he says, well, rest, rest is the 22 or so hours a day that you're not training, um, and the rest of the rest is done through um, smart training. So we're not always uh, training at, at full intensity, and if you did, you, you wouldn't last. You'd break down. Yeah. Um, and then the, the the other bit is that um, with their scheduling, you're always um, stressing different systems. So either either your aerobic endurance system or um, your, your your anaerobic systems, or you're building on strength. And he's and he's never sort of loading up one system too much. And you're always sort of being intuitive in terms of what your loadings are. And um, nothing's ever done on training to a certain speed or to a certain pace. It's always done on on your perceived exertion. So he he wants you to feel your training and. Um, and for me, it's it's just about feel and and doing what I'm told and and thinking all the way thinking. I I used to train all the time with music, um, even in the pool. I had some some music ears in, in my ears in the pool, but I, I don't train with music at all now because I'm always thinking about the, the different things that the session um, the coach wants me to focus on in each session. So it's it's I've come a long way in terms of in terms of the the practices of of how I go about doing it. But every day I just get up and dust myself off and. And go training again, and, and most mornings it's it's a training session before work, and on some days when I have a double session, it's after work as well, and mm. it's, it's just become the focus of our household. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's the physical side too, mate. But I, but I would tend to think as well the mental demons that you have to face <laughs> when you're out there, uh, yeah. you know, pushing into our ten. I mean, what, what are you? How do you? How do you prepare yourself from uh, for, for that side of things as well too? Um, and that, that's been another massive learning curve for yeah. me. Um, part of the part of, and, and, and through my coaches in the past and, and my current coach, they, they always give you wee snippets and, and readings and, and things to learn. And and, and the first one is uh, be aware that Ironman in itself as a race is very boring. Um, you know, anything <laughs> that you do for ten hours nonstop is boring. Yes. And you need to be able to strong enough mentally to uh, stay in the moment and yeah. keep working as as 
as you should, as physically hard as you can for the length of time that you're going. Um, so staying in the moment and, and pushing to that intensity that you, you should do without um, blowing up or without going too easy is, is one of the big keys. And a lot of that is, is, is developed through consistency of training um, and just having the mindset of, of being in the moment. And that's, uh, according to my coach, in the last two or three years, he, he said physically I, I had the ability to qualify. Um, um, and he said that the last piece of the puzzle was self-belief, which mm. I knew I didn't have self-belief. I knew deep inside that I didn't think I was ever good enough to, to go to a world champs in anything, let alone Ironman. Um, but um, he actually said to my wife on the morning uh, before the Cairns Ironman, he said he's going to get it today. And, and Kelly said, uh, why is that? He said, because he finally believes. He, he, he finally believes and he's finally going to push to, to the limit. Um, and, and the key to that is, um, firstly, racing smart and, and knowing when to push and, and when to hold and all that sort of stuff over the length of the race and going through the highs and lows. That no matter how well prepared you are, you're always going to have good patches and bad patches in Ironman. Um, but just knowing to push and knowing that you can and having the confidence of, of holding a certain pace um, and holding a certain intensity, um, regardless of what the wind's doing and what the rain's doing and what other people are doing around you. At, at the professional level, they're racing against others, um, obviously for money and, and placings and, and qualification. But for me, it's um, you can't, you don't know in my age group as an amateur who else is going to turn up, so you can just race to you. Yeah. Um, if I'm racing against other people, there's every chance that I'm going to blow myself to some other end. So for me, it's all about what I know I can do over the Ironmans and the training that I've done and, and, and trying to work to that. And um, I had near the perfect race in, in Taupo in March, but in Cairns, I, I don't think I could have done anything better. Um, had a few niggly injuries leading into it, um, but the race itself was, for me, was a, was, a, was a perfect execution, which I couldn't ask for more. It was It was great. Outstanding, Peter. Well, some wonderful insights, uh, mate. As I say, nothing but uh, the best of wishes. Obviously, going over there. Congratulations, because because you know I think in the in the last uh, you know eight or nine minutes or so, we've got some insights into what you put yourself through to get there too. What a focus it's been. So I love stories like this where you can see that paying off. And and uh, I know you're going over there. Uh, obviously, not just to turn up on the start line, but to get a result, obviously as well too, mate. So we wish you all the very best uh, for that. Good luck. Oh, thanks very much, Nick. I, I appreciate it. It's um, yeah, it's real humbling. People have been really kind and uh, amazingly supportive from friends, family, and, and the community. And um, yeah, it's just neat to get the chance to to go and live the dream. You know, it's been eight years of eight years of trying, and I finally get to do something pretty um, pretty epic. So I'm looking forward to it.